Hey guys, it's Mia Baker here and welcome back to another episode of Unsussed. Today we're going to be talking about the most underrated and overrated things in golf. I asked you guys this very question on my Insta and my god we have some very passionate golfers out there and we love to see it. Some of your answers to be honest are things I totally forget I like and I'm like oh my god I forgot how much I love that and then others I'm like yeah I don't know why I always do that but it's definitely habit now but totally not useful whatsoever. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to you guys for always sharing your responses with me for my podcast questions on Insta because you make these episodes so much fun to record and I feel like I'm in a weird way kind of getting to chat to you even though you're not directly here. Anyway, on that note, let's get started. You will be glad to know I am currently sat at home this week. I feel like I'm always saying, oh, I'm in this country, I'm in that country. I'm actually get to be at home, which is actually such a nice treat, although I am leaving on Sunday. I'm sure you guys already know, it is the 150th Open coming up. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it'll be next week, so it'll be the week of. So I should be saying, it's the 150th Open this week. Anyway, I have actually never been to a men's major before, so this will be my very first time and I have heard not stories not even speculations I don't know what the word is I'm trying to think of but lots of people have said lots of things about it and they've said it's literally nothing like I can even imagine nothing like I've ever experienced in golf before just a whole different world so I'm quite intrigued a little apprehensive to be honest with you because I don't know not that big crowds freak me out, but kind of big crowds freak me out, especially when there's loads of people. And also, I know a lot of people, but it's not like I have like one person next to me, if that makes sense. So I do feel quite alone when I go to these events. Not like alone alone, but more like I'm kind of hopping from person to person to do all of my different jobs that I need to do whilst I'm up there. So you're never like in a group. So you never have that comfort zone because... I am me, obviously. But yeah, so it gets a bit nerve-wracking, a bit scary, but um, we will suck it up and we will get on with it and we will enjoy it. And it's going to be an absolutely awesome week and I'm really excited for any of you guys who are going to be up there. Like, I'm buzzing for you. I'd love to be I'd love to be a spectator and go with my friends and just walk around and have a real nice time. Like, that is honestly so much fun when you get to go to events and just relax and enjoy. It's literally like a festival without the music the golf replaces the music pretty much so nice especially when the weather's good oh my god I love it and I also love it sounds really bad does it sound bad I don't know I love the like food vans I love a burger I really love like a delicious burger which doesn't have to be that fancy and it just tastes they always just taste so good they're kind of a bit sloppy and a little bit gross but I don't know there's just something about them and I just think they're really delicious so basically, while I'm up at the Open, I am getting to do something extremely cool, extremely cool for me, and something I never thought I'd be doing, genuinely never, ever, ever in my whole entire life thought I'd be doing. But I will be working with Sky Sports. Now, this is wild, because firstly, I never, ever, ever saw myself as someone who would be on Sky Sports ever in my life. Not because, no, no, I just never saw it, no. And you may be wondering, how did I even manage to bag this gig? Because sometimes I question it myself, but they actually got in touch with me. I did not reach out to them, I can confirm. Um, they got in touch with me, and I think it's just because obviously I do YouTube videos and I enjoy filming. I actually really enjoy speaking in front of a camera. I enjoy speaking in front of a camera when I'm filming it. It's still a bit strange when someone else is filming it, but I actually love it, and I love making videos. I actually love YouTube creation of content more than I like Instagram creation of content mm, do I well it's very different like I love practicing and then obviously for Instagram I kind of feel my practice and I also love golf clothes not just golf clothes I just love clothes full stop yeah I love clothes um, so that's kind of fun to document too but there's something about a YouTube video where you get to chat and you get to really showcase your personality so actually maybe I will end up becoming a presenter one day who knows who knows what career I will follow, I mean, I had no idea even from school what I was going to do, let alone after uni with my degree that I now no longer use whatsoever in my daily life. Plus, 
I'm now doing the polar opposite of everything my mum ever wanted me to do. So she probably thinks I'm like a devil child. <laughs> she probably thinks I'm like, well, I've just not done anything. I've not done anything right, even though in my life I'm such a good at two-shoes and I've done everything right. But one thing I will say to you is sometimes you think an opportunity is not an opportunity. Just do it. And things always come from it. Or you meet people. Or just try and be a yes person. Like, I'm the worst at it. I hate going outside the house if I don't need to. I love being able to be on my laptop. I like being able to film my podcast inside in my own comfort zone. I like filming in my own comfort zone. Like, that for me, love it. When I start having to, like, interact with other people, I get a bit nervous. I'm always really fine when I'm actually there with them. But, the like, the pre-bit, nervous. Events, nervous. Travelling, nervous. It's not like I can't do it. But I just, nervous. Anyway, I have been rambling on far too much. But I'll do another podcast, obviously, when I am up at the open. I'll fill you in on all of the cool things that we've been up to. I'm so excited. There's so many cool things happening because I'm doing, basically, Adidas have this thing called the open house. Obviously, when this podcast goes out, it will have happened. But it looks so, so cool. And I'm having to host it. So I'll be like up on stage in front of lots of people. And I'll be there with Colin Morikawa. And I'm so excited. Actually, that's another thing. People keep putting me up on stage. I can tell you as well, I am not a natural public speaker. I get so nervous, my voice wobbles, and that is not an attractive look. It also doesn't exude confidence. I do not sound like I am talking with authority when my voice is wobbling, although it's just at the start. I need to kind of basically get my adrenaline rush out of me, then I'm totally fine. But yeah, so that's another thing I keep doing is speaking in front of people on the stage, and it is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Anyway, I keep going off track. I feel like there's so many things I want to tell you guys because I don't do like Insta stories in the same way anymore where I kind of am talking in front of the camera because obviously I have my podcast and I have my YouTube videos and I kind of share little bits of information in different places. And yeah, anyway, I just have so much I want to tell you guys. I know Maybe I'll just do a podcast one day where I'm just going to fill you in on everything that's happened and my feelings and thoughts and all of that jazz. Or should I do a YouTube video? I don't know. Anyway, let's get on to overrated and underrated things in golf. And you guys have sent in some really, really, really good stuff. Stuff that I'm like, damn it, I need to remember to do that. Okay, I think we're going to start with listing out all of the underrated stuff. And then we will go to overrated. So someone's written in golf lessons. Definitely underrated. I think they are honestly the most useful thing in the whole entire world. I got golf lessons when I started. And without them, I definitely wouldn't be anywhere near as good as I am. Because... If you don't know anything about golf swing, it's really hard to learn stuff online without any guidance. Unless you're following like a course which starts from the very, very beginning or you have a lot of golf knowledge, technical golf knowledge, then you should be okay. But for the average Joe, they don't know enough about a golf swing to know what's right and what's wrong and what's impacting and what's not impacting other parts of their swing. Even I don't. There'll be certain things which I don't know why I need to do it, but I know I need to do it. And that's why golf lessons are honestly so, so valuable. Like golf lessons for you and for your swing. Granted, if you don't really care about having the most efficient swing for you, then it's not going to matter. And also you need to have the like certain mindset. You need to be wanting and willing to learn. Otherwise your golf lessons are actually going to be pointless. But I would totally agree. Golf lessons, definitely underrated. Really, really valuable. Par three courses. They're so much fun, honestly. People always think they're just a bit of a... I don't know if they're a bit of a joke, a bit of a DOS. They're so good. They're so good for learning. They're so good for fun. They're so good for when you're starting. And you don't, like, worry because they're usually a bit rough and ready, you know. Absolutely ideal. Love it. Um, Someone wrote pre-rampint. Now, I will say I don't drink beer. But I can imagine as a beer drinker, it's probably quite good. Probably, like, takes the nerves off a little bit loosens you up and you know when you're swinging you don't want any nerves you want to be able to swing freely and I'm sure I'm sure a good pre-run pint would do it to be honest with you I mean it's not for me if I was to drink a pint I wouldn't remember to hit my ball but for those of you who can hack a pint I think that's actually quite a nice little little treat okay someone said putting yes I think putting is underrated if you are of a certain skill level. I've said this before, but if you're a beginner and you can't even get your ball onto the green, then putting is basically not really going to help your game at all. That being said, if you can get your ball on the green and you can't putt, 
then yeah, you're really going to need to improve your putting if you want to score lower. I mean, it all really depends, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, putting, is it underrated? I think putting is level. It's not underrated. It's not overrated. I think people know the value of it. It's just people don't really like practicing it. Maybe, no, people don't like practicing it. I actually quite like practicing on a course because there's always undulations. It's always much more fun, but I totally understand why people find it boring. That's another thing, though. Putter fittings. Another thing that people have said is underrated. And would I agree? I've actually never had a proper putter fitting because quite early on I found the type of putter that I liked. I really like a really big toe hang putter that's kind of short and really, well, it's light and it feels like I'm rolling the ball into the hole. But once you find your perfect putter, you could literally have any single brand you want. Just ask them to make it exactly the same as the putter that you like in those kind of specs and you basically have your dream putter everywhere you go. So putter fitting is actually really, really important because honestly, there are some putters out there that I have genuinely tried and I cannot hold a single thing. And it's wild because I would say putting is one of my strengths. I would genuinely say it's one of my strengths. And when I can't putt, I honestly question, I question myself, I question my golf, I question everything about who I am. I even question my name. Am I even me? I don't even know. So get yourself a putter fitting if you feel like your putting is really, really bad. It could actually just be you haven't got the right putter for you. And if that doesn't work, then, yeah, I don't know. I think you're going to need to go and find more help. (laughs) Sorry. Okay, another thing that is underrated is a good warm-up slash practice facility. Oh, my God, a good warm-up will change your game. So basically, whenever I have competitions, I say that like I compete quite often. I don't compete often. I've competed twice in my life. Anyway, the last time I did a competition, actually, it's even for like just casual matches. Depends. Um, I warm up for about an hour or an hour and a half before my round, go through all the clubs in my bag, understand which way my ball is shooting for the day, like realistically, and people always say this and it's so, so true, but you will not be able to fix your swing on the day. So don't try and fix your swing. Swing it however you do, get the contact on the ball and just account for your misses. So say you're going to be missing, I don't know, everything right today. When you're aiming, your zone is basically from what could be straight, assuming you never hook or anything, all the way to like the rightest part of your miss. So that is kind of your shot zone. So you know your ball is going to land anywhere between point A, which is like straight, or B, the furthest right slice that you're actually going to produce. And when you do your shots or lining up your shots, just make sure that, you know, everything that is in zone between A and B lands somewhere decent on the course. You know, people always set up straight and they know that they're going to shoot or if they're going to miss hit it, it's going to go right. And zone B is in the trees when they set it up. So obviously if it goes wrong, it is going to go in the trees. I've only recently learned this, to be fair, before I just like swing it and wing it. But now I'm a bit more, a bit more smarter on the course, let's say. But yeah, honestly, good warm up is everything. Also gets rid of your bad shots and gets you used to hitting the ball and gets you used to swinging and just makes you feel a bit more comfortable and gives you a bit of confidence in the morning of. So highly recommend it. Also putting. Putting is really good to warm up with because you basically get to feel the speed of the green. Rather than going out and playing the first hole and then being like, oh, this green's really fast or, oh, this green's really slow. You can literally get that all out right at the start and then you know the pace of the green and then, yeah, it's going to help you with your score as well. Gosh, I really do talk about golf as if I know it really, really well these days. Maybe I do know, well, I know it much better than I used to. I'm still no professional, but definitely my golf IQ has been increasing. I'm not going to lie. It's very exciting. I actually kind of love that. Also a good practice facility. Oh my God, I love courses that have decent practice facilities. It's my favorite thing. That's because I love to practice. Okay, someone else has put um, having fun on the course slash casual golf is underrated. And I would totally agree. How much are people always like, oh, what's your best score? Oh, what's your handicap? Oh, da, 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 da. How many people actually just go out, play golf? If your ball is in a bad spot or in a bad lie, pick it up, put it somewhere nice and just play for fun. That is honestly the best way to play golf if you want to enjoy it and have no pressure and just have a lovely time 
that is just the best. Pick and place, always have a good lie, take yourself out of any, um, I don't know what you call them, barriers. Why can't I think of any words? Uh, blockages. You know what I'm trying to say. Anything that's making your shop more difficult, unless you want to try it and be a little bit funky and creative, just take yourself out of those positions. You don't need to do it if you're just having casual fun golf. And it's so good. If you've never tried doing that before, then I would highly recommend it. Honestly, it just makes it really, really fun. Also good for practicing because you're not trying to make your life harder. You're learning how to hit a ball when you hit it in the right place and you're giving yourself a chance. So yeah, I definitely think we should definitely play more fun golf, more casual golf, less competition style. So then when we do play competitions, we're not as, I don't know, Everyone's just a bit tense, aren't they? Everyone's just a bit like, mm, about golf. And you can just be a bit more, ah, about golf. Okay, someone else said playing on your own is underrated. I agree and disagree. Playing on your own is really good. It's fine. But after a few holes, it can get kind of boring. Unless you're listening to music, then it's probably okay. Or if you need some space and you've been talking to people all day and you just need some alone time, then actually it's absolutely ideal. But if, you spend all your day alone and then you go out and play on your own, then I would say it's a little bit lonely. So I wouldn't put this in underrated or overrated. I'll just put it in just the middle playing on your own. But I totally see both sides, why it was overrated and why people might think it is underrated. Golf technology. That's an interesting one. Um, this person thinks it's underrated. And... Yeah, to be honest, after I used the Stealth versus what I was using prior to that, I really saw the difference in technology. It did kind of make me think, oh, my swing isn't that great. I just got clubs that made my swing better. <laughs> Maybe my swing did get better. Maybe it's a bit of both. But, I mean, it was the first time that I was kind of surprised and I was like, wow, golf tech really does make a difference. I mean, I saw, I saw a persimmon wood driver the other day now, oh, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was at the Sky Sports studio. I was kind of like an intern that day. I was kind of just in their studio. It was really late. It was from like 7 p.m. until 11 p.m. I got home at like midnight or something crazy. Anyway, one of the guys in there, he brought in a persimmon driver. A persimmon wood driver, sorry. Um, which is like an old school driver. I think it was made in like 1800 and something. It's tiny compared to a normal driver and it was made from solid wood. I really actually want to buy one. I think it'd be quite fun to do a video and to compare it. But um, yeah, the golf technology, definitely underrated for sure. Well, it's underrated in compared to old golf technology. I mean, as new technology comes out, maybe there's not as much difference. But I mean, it's still impressive. I'm so impressed by even the small um, improvements that they make because it's just... It's incredible science, to be honest with you. All right. Um, not putting the ball into the hole. Underrated. Oh, my God. I think I should have wrote this one. This is literally me all over. I feel like that is my favorite part of golf. I love getting the ball in the hole. If I was to miss putting the ball into the hole at the very end, I'd just feel a bit like, what was the point? so good I think that's also why I just hate gimmies I just don't believe in them I think everyone should put the ball in the hole because you've literally gone all that way and if you don't putt it then you never finished it doesn't feel like you've completed it and I like to complete things you know what I mean so yeah I hate gimmies and also it means in competitions you don't get nervous because you're so used to always putting those short shots the amount of people I bet that miss those short shots if you had to putt them is unbelievable which is also a surefire way for you to win if you're ever playing in a competition with your friends, you will win if you make everyone um, put the ball into the hole if you don't play with gimmies. And if you're always practicing without playing with gimmies, you'll be a legend. You'll be amazing. You'll be insane. And it just makes life, well, it makes golf so much easier in a sense of you just don't mind because you're just like, oh, I can do it. Oh, I've done this a billion times before. Oh, you know. And also, I feel like your score is real. People have these handicaps and then they just give themselves gimmies. I'm like, no, I don't believe that because I bet you lose so many shots because you didn't shoot or put that little, little tiny, little tiny shot. So, yeah, um, I hate gimmies if you hadn't noticed. <laughs> 
Okay, someone wrote caddies. Caddies are so underrated, they don't get enough credit for how hard their job is. I would agree a million times over for this one. Caddies are like the secret superhuman. Secret superhuman? I don't know. Sounds kind of cool. But they honestly work their ass off. They work so hard and they know so much and they have so much knowledge. I mean, granted, there are some caddies and their job is literally just to carry the bag, which is hard enough as it is. You know how heavy those bags are? Oh, my God, I think I'll break my back. Um, But the ones who do like the proper caddies job and are like real partners with their players, they are insane. They will get up early. They will walk the course before they even go and walk the course. They know all the pin positions. They know exactly what club their player should be hitting. They're so in tune with their player and all the shots that they're making and the way they're playing on the day. And they just have like this really impressive like surround sound ability. Surround sound ability. Where are these words coming from today? I have no idea. They just know what's going on in their environment around them. It's absolutely incredible, and I definitely think they don't get anywhere near enough credit as they deserve. So yes, I agree. I think caddies are absolutely fantastic, and they are definitely underrated. Okay, um, nine-hole rounds, definitely underrated. I absolutely love a cheeky little nine-hole. Super fast, super quick, and very enjoyable, plus it doesn't take up like all your time if you ever get yourself into a little nine round hole nine hole (laughs) a nine hole round then definitely do it it's such a good evening thing to do actually on that note someone did write evening golf as an underrated thing nine holes evening oh my god absolutely dreamland that is so ideal what more do you want after work if you can just nip over to the golf course do a quick nine hole and then go home and you've watched same as like, I don't know, going to the gym or something. Oh, perfect. Okay, mulligans, underrated. I would agree. I think everyone needs a good old mulligan, especially when you're starting out. You need mulligans. Why would you want to hit a really bad tee shot into the trees, into the water, nowhere in particular at all, and play from that? Because you can't. You're making your life impossible. You need the confidence when you're starting out. And also, just if you're just playing for fun, like, why not give yourselves a mulligan? It's always quite fun. I mean, you can say, oh, we'll give each other one mulligan around, or you can do multiple mulligans around. It's entirely up to you. But they're actually really fun. They also can make it a bit more competitive because you don't have to cash in all your mulligans, only if you feel like you've done a bad shot. Um, But I also quite like it. So we played a game... um, recently i say game like we we made a youtube video recently and in it we were allowed to use mulligans for any shot so say you did a really bad putt well not a really bad putt you could have done better with your putt but it was the like the winning putt for the game you could actually cash your mulligan in for that putt and go again see i think that is really really fun because it just adds this kind of different element and it adds kind of It's a bit of a surprise element to it as well. So yeah, mulligan to get them in your life. They are absolutely wonderful. Okay, um, Stableford point system. Underrated apparently. Uh, I actually never play with Stableford, but I can definitely see the benefit of it. I mean, that's probably why it's under underrated because not everyone knows about it. Um, But I think it's mainly a UK thing. Maybe it's a European thing. I don't think people in America really play Stableford. But it's basically where you take into account your handicap. And then it's some sort of point system. So depending on what index the hole is, um, would depend on whether you get a shot or not, obviously. And then how you score on that hole will depend on how many points you get. And then, yeah, you calculate your Stableford points at the end. So um, a lot of people use it. A lot of people really enjoy it. It also seems to make the game a little bit more fair, um, a bit more fun. But yeah, I mean, I personally don't use it. I don't know too much about it, but I know lots of people do and lots of people who do use it rave about it. So if you're looking for an interesting way to start scoring with your friends, then definitely look up Stableford Point System. All right, another one, Bump and Run. To be fair, that is underrated. 
I mean, the amount of times we just use chip shots for everything. I mean, I am guilty. Um, I use chip shots for everything. My 50 degree club is literally overused around the green. But realistically, if there's literally no trouble between where my ball is and the hole, there is no reason why I couldn't do a little bump and run. I could. It's totally, like, it's totally feasible. And also it means the ball's going to roll, which means it's probably more likely to go in the hole. Whereas if I'm hitting my 56, it's going to pop and drop. And if it's not dropping anywhere near the hole, then maybe I'm screwed. I don't know. But yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty underrated. Oh my God, there are so many of these. Um, what's another one? Being amazing with one favorite club in your bag is underrated. I actually love this one because I love if you have one bag that you can fall back on. It's like your safety one bag. <laughs> what am I talking about? One club. It's so nice to have a bit of a safety club. Like if in trouble, if in doubt, if you're not feeling confident, get your favorite club and it always works. I think that's just good for like a mental thing. Um, what would mine be? Oh, I really like all my clubs. I, there's something about me wanting to love every single club that I put in my bag. I love my driver. I love my seven, eight, nine pitching wedge, approach wedge, um, putter. 56, I have a love-hate relationship with. Yeah, that's pretty much all my clubs in my bag, to be honest with you. I've got a seven wood in there now too, but and a six iron, but I don't really use them very much. Okay, another underrated. Um, switching up the tees you play from. I love it. That is actually definitely underrated because it means you play so much differently. You have to play differently because the yardages are so different and you can't use the same clubs. And it also can give you confidence or it can hone in on your shorter game or it can really improve your long game. Oh, I love that. Switching up the tees you play from. I think I should do that more often, to be honest with you. I just play off the yellows. But I feel like it wouldn't hurt to go off like the backs and then the reds and then the yellows and then the whites. And basically just play from all of them. I think it's really fun too. Um, what's another one? Wet towel for cleaning balls and clubs. Absolutely. So basically, and they do this all in competitions as well, but you know your towel that you have in your club bag? Basically, they just get water and they'll wet one side. One side's wet, one side's dry, obviously you wring it out. And the wet side is what you use to clean your clubs. And the dry side is what you use to obviously dry your club or dry things. So yeah, it's actually a really, really handy tip for you guys if you don't already do it is wet one side of your um golf towel would highly recommend all right someone wrote here secondhand clubs are underrated i would agree secondhand clubs there's absolutely nothing wrong with secondhand clubs i think it's fantastic it's great to get people into the game i think hand-me-downs are wonderful getting them cheap online is also wonderful and then once you start playing and you want to buy new ones, you go for it. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with secondhand clubs. I think they are absolutely fantastic, absolutely wonderful. And it's a great way to start without breaking the bank. And yeah, there's no need to rush in and get brand new clubs straight away because golf is something you play literally for the rest of your life. And so you have the rest of your life to buy your really nice clubs. And also, um, by the time you get better, then you're going to want better clubs that are better suited to you so yeah I would go second hand and also it means if you don't like the clubs that you had you can just sell them on and you won't have made much of a loss because you literally would just be selling on second hand clubs so yeah definitely go for it all right someone has written set up at address yes definitely underrated oh my god this affects your swing so so much if your setup is incorrect then everything everything could go wrong. The amount of times when I first started playing that I would just not really care about my setup, just do whatever. And it would go wrong and I'd be like, why? That's so unfair. But it was literally because I set up incorrectly. And then you just need to get into a pattern of understanding what the right setup is and then doing it every single time. And honestly, it will make your shots so much better. And if you practice it all the time, it becomes intuitive and then you're not having to think about it. And yeah, this one is just, this isn't even underrated. I mean, it is underrated, but it's just one of those things that you really should be thinking about before you hit your shot because it helps so much and doesn't actually require any brain power whilst you're swinging. 
which is basically what you want. You want to try and think about as little as you possibly can when you're swinging that club on the course. So yeah, get that setup ingrained and you will be absolutely flying. Okay, I think this is the last one I'm going to do for overrated, underrated, sorry. There's actually loads less of overrated. Um, someone wrote silence. Pfft, I do not agree with this one. I do not think that silence is underrated at all. I do not mind if people are chatting away or doing whatever whilst I swing because A, I think it's really good practice to be able to block out noises, sounds or whatever it is that you need to concentrate when you hit. And also like, I just don't think that people talking means that you can't play golf well. I think it's an excuse. I think people talking is genuinely just an excuse. And I don't like it when people go, shh, I just don't like shushing I just find shushing really rude and yeah if you come out to play golf with me I want you to have the best time possible and if you want to have a little chat with your mates then go for it the only time when you do need silence a bit is when obviously you're filming videos um, for YouTube or whatever because obviously that's that's more for a sound thing and more from a filming perspective but if you're just having a casual round of golf I think you should be able to chat, you can put on music, you can do whatever because you're just having a nice time together. And then you should be training yourself to be able to play with sound. And then if there's no sound, then you'll be even better if that's the case. But I just think it's nicer to be able to play in a comfortable environment than it is to make everyone silent when you swing. Personal opinion. I mean, don't kill me for that opinion, but that is just my opinion. Alrighty, let's go on to some things that are overrated, um, or what you guys have said is overrated. Um, golf balls. Mid handicappers claiming they have to play with a Pro V1 TP5 Chrome Soft price to performance benefit. Is what someone's wrote in, and they have said that that is overrated. Now, hmm, I find this an interesting one because I don't think it's overrated or underrated per se, but I would say, depending on your skill level, you will get on better hitting certain balls than other balls. So there'll be specific balls that are better suited to people who have slower swing speeds, and there's balls which are better suited to people with faster swing speeds. Obviously, when you're starting out, you can't necessarily tell the difference because the frequency that you hit the ball well, well, yes, pretty interesting, right? Um, but I guess for the average person, then yeah, I mean, maybe golf balls don't make as much difference. It makes some difference, but it won't make as much. To be honest, I just think it's all to do with feel. It's all to do with feel. Like there's certain balls you will enjoy hitting and there's certain balls which you won't enjoy hitting. And I've experienced that myself. There's been a few balls in my time where I've been like, oh my God, every time I hit this ball, I just can't hit it at all, which probably might not even be the ball's fault. It might just be my mind. But then there's other balls where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I love this hitting this ball. I love it so much. It's my lucky ball. And then I just use it and it just makes me feel better. So I think it actually just depends on you as a person and what you like to play with. And if you like to play with your TP5s, you go ahead and you play with your TP5s. But don't think that there's no other options out there either. Maybe try a few and there'll be one that you like the best. Okay, this person has written long drives, overrated. I mean, not this person, I mean millions of you. Well, not millions of you. Lots of you have written long drives as being overrated. Mm. Okay, I think it's overrated in the grand scheme of things, but long drives genuinely help so much in terms of scoring because you hit your long drive and then the distance to the pin is always going to be so much shorter. And the shorter your clubs, the more accuracy you get. So the closer to the pin you can effectively have, which is going to help you in terms of scoring. So yes, long drives are overrated, but long drives also are underrated in terms of scoring because effectively they are going to help you score lower. So I do think it's important to um, be able to hit a good and long drive maybe it's not going to be you know life-changing between like a few yards but if you're able to hit your driver like 50 yards further than you usually can it's going to make a difference to your game 
I hate to put it to you, but it will. Just because you're that bit closer and you'll just get that bit more accuracy on your uh, shorter clubs. But feel free to shoot me on this one as well if you disagree. This is just my opinion. Um, and it's just what I've seen as well, because when I watch pros play, the ones who are hitting it closer to the green are always having easier shots in. And I would love to have an easier shot in rather than having to try and use like a a wood to get onto the green, you know? It makes golf makes golf a bit tricky. All right. Um this person said price of courses when you're starting having to play play having to pay over thirty pounds for a round. How many times have I tripped up in this pod? I've no idea. I'm just must be maybe I'm just excited today. I don't know. Um so yeah, I would agree that prices of courses can be extortionate. However, and this is not an ad or anything, but I think that, well, there's this app called Golf Now. I mean, some of you guys may or may not know it, but it's really, really good because you can effectively put in wherever you live and you can see the best deals in and around your area for golf courses that you want to play. And if you're a beginner, then you just pick the cheapest one. So you're paying, you could be paying like £10 for a round. You don't have to be paying, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, unless you want to, and they're traditionally nice courses, but Golf Now is effectively an app for all of the best course deals in and around your area or an area you want to go and play golf. And I would highly recommend it, especially as a beginner. It's fantastic. So yeah, Golf Now, download it. It will change your course selection life. Plus there's so many golf courses out there that I don't even know exist, which is why Golf Now is so handy as well. Because I'm like, I would never even known this course was there, let alone to think to ring up to find if there's a tea time to then ask what's the cost of your tea time to then go and actually be like no sorry you're too expensive and then go and find another one like how much faff is that so yeah golf now is such a good app to help with that someone wrote consistency is overrated what what planet does this person live on i'd love consistency in my game that's literally what we're all striving for consistency will help I don't really understand why they said that this was um, overrated. They're probably like thinking on the lines of Bryce and DeChambeau. Just hit it wherever and then try and get it from wherever to wherever. I mean, that was the worst explanation of my life. But um, I think consistency is so, so important. Consistency is pretty much what is going to help you with your game at the end of the day. I would love to ask this person what they mean by consistency is overrated because in my mind, consistency is exactly everything that I am striving for. All right, someone has written golf carts are so overrated. Oh, I love a golf cart. I love golf carts because I can literally get round and play golf in like two hours or something like that. Golf carts speed up my golf so fast. Which is good, I guess, if you're like me and need to carry lots of things and put stuff in the cart. Um, it helps with filming and stuff. I also do understand that walking the course is super nice. Like, I like to walk the course if I'm with friends. If I'm on my own, I actually like to use a cart because it's so much more nippy. And the thing about golf is I love to hit the ball. And sometimes if I have to walk between hitting it, and then hitting my next shot, I just find it really, really long because I'm just too excited and I just want to hit my next shot already. So, um, yeah, I love golf carts purely for that reason, so I can get to my ball quicker and hit my next shot quicker. But, yeah, I, I agree in terms of walking the course is really, really nice and it's really fun and it's a great way to chat. But um, I love a golf cart. I'm sorry, I really do. I absolutely love a golf cart. Okay, this person, this person wrote, Lynx courses are overrated. I love a Lynx course. I just feel like I'm disagreeing with all these overrated things. I think Lynx courses are so much fun. I love the fact that you have to account for wind. I love the fact that the ground is so hard and your ball rolls forever and ever and ever. It makes you feel like you are an absolute golf legend whenever you play because you hit your drive. It's probably going to go like 30, 40, 50. I don't know how many yards further. And you'll be there and you'll be like, what? That's my ball. And you literally feel so clever. You feel wonderful. You feel fantastic. And that's what I love about a Lynx course. Every time I played on a Lynx course, I've hit at least one drive where I have felt like I'm a champion. So, yeah, I love a good Lynx course. They're always really open as well. Um, the rough can sometimes be a bit tricky. 
but I love all the undulations. I think it's really interesting to play. I love that you don't necessarily know which way your ball is going to bounce. You need to be really specific with your um, shots, your accuracy. Oh, I really like it. And then plus they're always next to the sea, so they're always so beautiful and so pretty. The only thing that is annoying is that they can be freezing cold. And I'm talking about Scotland specifically here because it is freezing cold up there and the wind chill factor with the freezing cold is just, it's pretty awful, especially if it's raining. Oh my God, you do not want to be on a Lynx course when it's raining in the cold with the wind. That is like treacherous, but it makes the golf so much more fun. Um, sorry, I love a Lynx course. I think they are not overrated in the slightest. Okay. This person has said, birdies are overrated and pars are underrated. I actually kind of like this one. I love a good birdie as much as the next person. Who doesn't you feel like you are a professional player when you're getting your birdies? But the fact that they said birdies are overrated and pars are underrated, I agree because the pars are what's going to keep your score low, keep it consistent. The birdies, they're going to help. But how many birdies are you really getting around? Not that many. Well, maybe you are, but I'm not getting that many, that's for sure. But pars, yeah, they are, they're really helpful. I still get so excited for par as if I'm getting like some sort of eagle or albatross. I just love, I just love a par. Anything that's not a bogey or a double bogey, I'm really, really happy with. Like I'm literally grinning ear to ear, buzzing, fist pumping, just having the best time of my life. And I still get that same buzz every single time I get a par, a birdie. I've never got anything less than a birdie. But um, yeah, no, it's a really interesting one. Really interesting. Because I can totally understand where you're coming from, being birdies and pars and how they're actually beneficial to your game. Yeah, no, very good. Clever. Interesting. Um, someone's written here. Oh, this could spark some, some uh, I don't know what the word is, but Augusta National is overrated. Hmm. Now, I actually cannot comment on this because I have, A, never been to Augusta National. B, I don't really know much about it. All I know is it's the golf course that everyone kind of speculates and talks about. But you can't actually go and take photos there because you have to hand your phone or something. And it's like really secretive and special or I don't know. I've never been, so I can't really tell you. And everyone who has been kind of talks about it as if it's this godly place that is very very special um i don't know you you guys will have to tell me what you think about augusta national because i have no clue and have never been and what i've heard is kind of dribs and drabs of information which doesn't actually have that much content to the information um but you've seen it on tv i guess and i guess it's iconic in that sense yeah i don't know You'll have to let me know what your what your thoughts are um, on that. All right, this person's written, glove off whilst putting is overrated. To be fair, I don't think it affects my putting, having the glove on or off. I'm going to just put it out there. I kind of just do it because everyone else does it. I think it's meant to give you more feel, more grip, but it doesn't actually make that much difference to me and my putting. But yeah, I actually like to take, this is so sad, I actually like to take my glove off not for any particular reason other than A, my hand can sometimes get a bit hot and B, I don't want my hand to be super white so I want it to like tan. <laughs> this is so stupid. I want it to tan in the in-between bits that I'm not actually hitting a golf club. I mean, there must be another reason why people take their golf club, their golf club, <sighs> their golf glove. I'm literally exhausted with myself today. Um, there must be another reason why people take their golf glove off other than the fact that you don't want to tan. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm sure if I Googled it, I'll find out. So yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it is kind of overrated. I personally would still do it. Maybe it's become a habit now. don't really know why I do it, apart from the fact that I don't want to tan. Um, and it's supposedly meant to help with your feel. But yeah, I understand also where you're coming from that it is overrated especially if it's uh not any time saving do you know what i mean like some people it takes them about 10 minutes to take their glove off then to part and then they put it's just like just part let, let, let's just get this over with this one is interesting okay this person says your handicap is overrated 
as it doesn't say much about your real level of golf. It only says about your level of golf in your local golf course. Oh my God, I agree with this one so much. I really agree with this one. The amount of people that ask for my handicap literally kills me. I'm like, honestly, let's play and then we can decide on my handicap. I have yet to meet a person that isn't a professional who has told me their handicap and has been, like, has impressed me, I would say. Everyone I've played with, their handicap seems so much lower than their actual level of golf. And then I'm like, why is your handicap so low? And they always go, oh, well, it's because I just play in my local golf course and I've just played it so many times and I know exactly where to hit it and I can just score really low there. And then I'm like, ah, that makes total sense. So when they go to a new course, they never actually score as low as they would at their local course. And that's actually kind of tricky. Like for me, I don't have, at the moment, TBC, a local course. And so every course I go to is like a brand new course. But my score is pretty much the same on most of these because I'm literally playing them for the first time every single time. So I would actually really agree with this one, that your handicap represents your level of golf at your local course as opposed to it representing your level of golf at all courses plus with the different difficulties of courses like I've definitely played some very difficult courses in my time although every time I go to a course it's always like wow this is a difficult course I feel like every course is difficult I don't know but um yeah it's quite an interesting one anyway if you ever see me don't ask me what my handicap is because I literally don't even know. Sometimes I just like to play off 16 these days just because I like to give myself a shot on 16 holes. But is that my actual handicap? Who knows? I'm going to start tracking and I'm going to do and become that person who understands their level of golf at their local golf course once I get a local golf course. But because I don't actually have one at the moment, um, it's a bit more tricky. And I don't like... I play in a lot of pro-ams. And the pro-ams, you always do um, like a champagne scramble. Effectively you all hit your first tee shot and then you choose your like the best tee shot out of all of them and then you will play normally after that so I don't really find that that's a real judgment of my handicap because obviously it might not be my tee shot so therefore it can't be my handicap anyway I feel like it's cheating so I don't really log those and that's quite a lot of the times that I play on a course anyway so anyway my point being is I am going to try and get like an official handicap um, I kind of play off 16 at the moment because, yeah, I just do. Um, it's because also what I played off at Aramco as well. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it just feels right. And then, yeah, that, that, that is, that is that. Overrated scoring. Yep. I would agree with you there because, it comes back to this like fun, casual, enjoyable golf. Golf is fun if you don't worry about your score. Scoring puts pressure on. Scoring makes it less fun. It makes you unhappy. If you weren't scoring and you do a bad hole, you never mind because you're like, oh, never mind. I'm not scoring anyway. I'll just go and play. As soon as you put the scorecard there and you're trying to like get your lowest round ever and you don't, you just come away depressed and unhappy. And that's the worst thing. Like there's so much focus on your scoring golf and I don't think it should be. Like match play, oh my God, it's so much fun. Like you don't worry about your score, then you can blob a hole or you can do really well on a hole. Like that is me. I am the definition of a roller coaster golfer. I will score really, really well or I will score really, really bad. But that's so great for match play. So yeah, I agree. Score is overrated. Match play fantastic you should definitely do it um someone's written overrated on or off the tee yeah maybe I mean depends depends if you're ready whoever's ready I think should play I don't necessarily feel like there's an honor I don't feel pretty honored if I have to go first either because I'm like oh I have to go first now so yeah there's not much there's not much honorableness <laughs> um for me if I have to go first but yeah I guess it's a bit overrated it's just course etiquette isn't it golf etiquette I mean whether that is still going to be here in a few years probably will be I mean it's just tradition isn't it but um yeah I don't think you always have to play like that 
I just play whoever's ready. And then, yeah, you do you. Okay, I think that was the last one because, um, yeah, I've been rambling on to you guys for so long now and you're probably sick and tired of my voice already. And we're coming up to, what, like 50 minutes. Oh my God, I've been talking for so long. Plus, basically, um, I always have to turn off Jamie when I do my podcast because his, oh, sorry, Jamie is our fish. He's mine and George's fish. Well, he's not mine and George's fish. He's George's fish called Jamie. Actually, after Jamie Lang from Made in Chelsea, if any of you guys watch Made in Chelsea. And I always have to turn his filter off because it makes like a, basically sounds like I'm in a toilet. So I turn him off, but I always forget to turn him back on. And then George always tells me off that I forgot to turn Jamie's filter back on. And then his little tank goes a bit green and then it's basically all my fault. So I am going to remember now to go and turn Jamie's filter back on. Oh, he's so cute. He does this really weird thing where he kind of like picks up the little stones in his fish tank and moves them around and builds little stone castles, which is quite interesting. Um, how old is he? He's pretty old. I think he's over 10 or maybe he's like seven. Either way, he's very old for a fish. Although apparently goldfish are meant to live to like their 20. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go and turn Jamie back on because um, he's probably nervous that i'm not going to turn him back on his tank's going to go green again and in the meantime i hope you guys actually enjoyed listening to this um episode of the podcast the next one should be really really exciting because it's going to be all about my time up at saint andrews i'm so excited to film that one i'm gonna have so much to say i'm gonna be rambling on for even longer but yeah it should be um really exciting and yeah i hope you have learned actually a thing or two in this overrated and underrated episode of unsussed because there's definitely some things that i'm like oh my god i need to remember to do that because it is life-changing for my golf thank you so much for joining me on this episode of unsussed it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here as always make sure you don't forget to follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode and remember feel free to dm me any questions or stories you'd like me to chat about next week on Instagram, it's at Mirella X. Chat soon. <laughs>